and welcome to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we'll be doing the first in an occasional series of Target book reviews, and was kicking off with The Pyramids of Mars. Yes. Um, now, I thought we'd better say this now, I've got a cold at the moment, so I might sound a little bit bunged up, so when you hear us talking about um, The Pyramids of Mars Target book, my cold would have miraculously disappeared. Yes. It's, it's those tablet shows you're just taking now, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> now, we... Um, They'll be available online from our website. <laughs> Clear up any cold immediately. <laughs> well, we actually um, recorded it uh, oh back in August, wasn't it? Yes, I know, <laughs> back I, when the book came out. Yes, we, I know we're, we're giving away the magic of podcasting here, but we recorded this back in um, August because we were trying to fill time before the new series started. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't have any audio commentaries. Oh, but then we, we decided, oh, we can, we can do an audio commentary. And then the new series started. Yeah. So this one's been sitting in the pile of uh, the pile of uh, old podcasts re- ready to go. So yes. So you hear that later on. But first, a little bit of news. Now, obviously, um, oh, actually, first things first. It's Matt Smith's birthday today. Yes. Happy, happy birthday. birthday! Happy birthday! Um, I know he listens to us. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like hell. Yeah. So um, yes, I think Twitter is a wash with people wishing him happy birthday today. And also, he was. Um, I think he was giving a surprise birthday cake at the London MCM Expo, wasn't he, yeah. on, on Friday? Because that was the uh, sort of like the, the Doctor Who day. Yes. Uh, now, we were at the London X- MCM Expo, but that was yesterday, though, which was Saturday. Yes. So we, we didn't get to see Matt Smith. No. Because oh, that was Friday only. Um, yeah, now apparently the his interview, or his panel interview, which he did with uh, Caroline Skinner, uh, is available to watch on YouTube next week. So, yeah, so um, streamed, wasn't it? But yeah, it was, that's it. Uh, yeah, I must admit, I haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it. It was on. A, was it four in the afternoon? Wasn't it or yeah. something? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to listening to that or watching it. Listening? Was this the wireless? <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, there you go. Keep forgetting the age of the internet now. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, that'll be online next week. Um, but whilst we're talking about Matt Smith and uh, and what not. Uh, a few sort of roundup of what's going on with the current series. Um, well, they've the read through for Neil Gaiman's script is next week, right? So he's actually finished it. He's finished it. I wonder when he drafts. Unless, unless he's biking pages in as they go. <laughs> God knows. Well, um, only thing I read during the week, somebody hinted. I, I, it might have been Caroline Skinner again. I'm not, I'm not too sure because we know how, how good she is for keeping secrets. Yeah. Um, Caroline Skinner because she nearly let the cat out of the bag at the convention and she was wrong though wasn't it? That, she was right wasn't she September yeah. yeah yeah she was actually probably the one person that said September yeah. all along wasn't it yeah, I was trying to remember it was August Bank Holiday it started all set, and it was you're right it was September, September. yeah yeah so basically in his script that uh, there is by all accounts um, some nods to old sort of to, to classic Who fans yeah now, there was plenty of them in his previous script, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah, I was going to say, that, that, that's probably no surprise, is it? Because his no. has been the, probably the most script to go back and yeah. bring up past stories or whatever. Yeah, that's it. So that's uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. So, yeah. Now, the other thing that's come up, the, now we, we didn't talk about this last week, was that they released all the episode titles last week, or they announced all the writers and... Directors or something. Uh, it was the writers. It was the yeah. It was the yeah. Writers and directors. I announced. Yeah. Well, 
we got the Radio Times has reported the fifth episode. Now, I know we don't usually go for this, but it's out in, in public print, so it can't be classed as a spoiler. It's yeah. out there for everyone to see. Um, and plus, it's been officially released as well, which is another reason you can't call it a spoiler. Yeah. Um, the fifth episode is going to be entitled Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. Yes. Um, but then it does go on to say that titles won't be finalised until closer to, to transmission. No. And it gives an example here that the Power of Three was was originally called Cubed. Yes. Uh, which would have made even less sense for Amy's speech at the end. Yeah. Well, I suspect that's why they changed it. <laughs> yes, because we're cubed. <laughs> Absolutely no bloody sense whatsoever. Other thing, Stephen Moffat has again said that Amy and Rory will not be back for the 50th anniversary. Um, apparently there's been some media speculation about that. Yeah, I, mean, um, it, it, it I haven't read be, it myself, but yeah. it would be rather demeaning to the end of the last episode, last series, wouldn't it, to bring them back? Yeah, yeah. So, that's it. although, take what Stephen Moffat says with a pinch of salt, really, aren't you? So it doesn't necessarily rule it out. I no, don't that's think. it. That's it. No, it's, uh, that's just one of those. Um, I think it's one of those things he'll keep. You said they might come back in a flashback. Yeah. But he's got no plans to do that at the moment. Yeah. So, you know. Who knows? Who knows? Now, another thing that was uh, rattling around last week, um, which keeps appearing, um, really, is that uh, it was reported that John Sim's going to be back as the master, which was absolutely uh, wrong. His uh, comments were taken out of context. Um, Yeah, he was just asked, weren't he? Yeah. Would you you come back as the master? And he said yes, basically. If he he was asked. Yeah. And he hasn't been. so. Yeah, it's like any actor. Would you would you turn down work? Yeah, <laughs> is the question, isn't it? So. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, of course they're going to say, "Oh god, stupid bloody press." Um, he, but he did say that he would like to take the master in a different direction if he was asked to. Yeah, um, and he said likely to be a quieter master. Yeah, he said that uh, Rusty Davis wanted him to play it as a giggling lunatic. Yeah. And he had to do it that way, but he'd rather do it. Yeah, and he'd like to darker. Take, yeah, he said he'd like to take the master to a very, very dark place. Yes. So that's. Uh, I I wouldn't mind that if he was able to do it differently because he's a good actor, John Sim. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, he was wasted, really, wasn't he? Well, yeah. To be perfectly depending frank. on your view of the master, mine was yeah. that he was well, wasted as that. I mean, a lot of people loved his interpretation of the master. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it, to be honest, no. but that's not his fault. No. He just got caught up in the whole over the top. Yeah, and it's the, the fact same... that he was in the last episodes of series rather than somewhere in the middle where it could have been played as a, a quieter role. Yeah, but the Russell T Davis stuff always ended with the a major spectacular, didn't it? Exactly, over the top, almost yeah. pantomime ending to a series yes. in some some cases. But... Yeah. Now I, don't, I mean, you know, I've, I've I've said this time and time again. You can't blame the actors for how the master's been interpreted over the years, it's what they've been asked to do. Yeah. Same with Anthony Ainley. I don't, th- that's not what he intended. He was told to go over the top by John Nathan Turner. Yeah. It's the same, the same with John Sim. Eric Roberts, I got a funny thing. He had a lot of input into the way the master was portrayed. It's... So I'm leaving him to one side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. N- never go back and get him either. No. <laughs> Gordon Tipple, on the other hand, he got it just right. <laughs> <laughs> Bang on, Gordon. Bang on. 
Um, now, another um, person from Doctor Who's past, um, Russell T. Davis. Yes. He's been asked whether he would be involved in the 50th anniversary next year. And he basically said, no, he won't be. He wants to be surprised by next year. Yeah. Now, he did actually say he'd, he'd think that he'd be like the ghost at the feast. And he said, what would he do? Turn up and make the tea? Um, yeah. He's asked... Thought, yeah, yeah, go on, yeah. When I saw, saw that was, yeah, it, it make the tea. It'd start looking really nice. It'd be brewing along nicely. Then it'd become overstrong and nobody would be able to drink it. And it'd leave <laughs> a bitter taste in the mouth. <laughs> Or is that just being too unfair? <laughs> no. As we just mentioned, he's over the top endings of the series. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and he's, he also ends with, he's asked Stephen Moffat not to tell him anything that he's planning. Yeah. Yeah, so well done. Well done. Hmm. Now, talking of... Um, actually, we're lurching right all, all, all over the place at the moment, but it's sort of, this links back into Russell T. Davis again. Torchwood. Yes. Yes. Now, he was um, a guest on the Graham Norton sh- radio show yesterday. Uh, he was talking about his new series, uh, Wizards of Night vs. Aliens, uh, that starts on CBBC uh, this Monday. Right. Um, and he was talking about, um, he asked about the future of Torchwood. He said it's not cancelled, it's just in limbo. Yes. Hmm. Does that mean it's reached a new low? I don't know. <laughs> limbo. <laughs> Yeah, he said he he if his circ- personal circumstances hadn't brought him back to England, then um, it might have been it might have carried on. Yeah, he, he said he liked making making it in the USA. It's a shame the rest of us didn't like uh, it being made in the USA. But there you uh-huh. go. So he's not working on it at the moment. He's only working with versus aliens. Um, he said he may get back to it one day. Yeah, I'm in no particular rush for that to happen. No, I mean, yeah, if if it comes back, if it comes back with a story like Children of Earth, then Mm. delighted, but... Yeah, and please, no Rex Matheson. (laughs) Never see that bastard on my telly. Apparently, I've I've seen the actor in other other things now, and he's exactly the same in them as well. Yeah. I think he only knows how to play one particular type of character, which is annoying. So (laughs) That's probably why he was cast. Probably was. I don't think that was an accident. Oh, God. Right, okay. Now, um, obviously, the Christmas special, so we're lurching back onto the new series again. Uh, Christmas special will be with us in, oh, just over two months now, isn't it? Yes. Not long to go now. And, of course, in between now and Christmas, we have, in this country, in the UK, we have children in need. So we're getting a little um, teaser, or or call it a Christmas prequel, aren't they? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting that they are actually saying that this time, aren't they? Rather than yeah, uh, the previous thing, the previous two years have just actually been a jokey little segment, haven't they? Yeah, that's it. So, well, last year's was, and I think the year before was just the trailer, wasn't it? Uh yes. It, no, hang on, wasn't the year before the one with Amy meeting herself or some? Or oh yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. There was it's like a sort of two part thing. Yeah. Oh, was that for? Um... Oh, God. excuse us while we ramble. Um, <laughs> was that for Children in Need or was that for Comic Relief? Um, I thought it was Children. It's usually Children in usually Need, is, isn't it? Usually is, yeah. I got yeah. Forget, I because that comes at the right time for them to... Plug the Christmas special. Yeah. Or, or anything, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, um, so getting a little prequel and an exclusive preview trailer of the Christmas special as well. Yes. Yeah. 
So, which... so I'll, have, I'll have to I'll have to record it so I can <laughs> not watch dancing news readers. <laughs> oh, each year, yeah, it's all for a very very good cause. Cause, yes, needs. all for very good cause. I just don't like the back slapping that yeah, comes with it. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't mind donating the money. It's just actually watching it. I'm not saying. <laughs> Oh dear. So, um, yeah, so that will be on Friday the 16th of November. Yes. So, um, and you can, there are uh, links already to uh, donate to Children in Need if you like. I think we, if I can figure out where to find the link to, I will put one on our website yes. as well. So if you want to um, donate to Children in Need, go to our website, uh, uk and click on the link there. Okay, we have the return of Omega's Tack Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right, we just got a couple of little um, pieces of tat for you this this week. Now, one is a new piece of tat. Paul, as you know, winter is encroaching upon us, isn't it now? Yes. Yes, it was It was a particularly cold out at the MCM Expo. Yes. Yes, they wasn't was. it, down by, down by the, the, uh, the old dockyards and whatever. Um, well, you can uh, now keep yourself warm with a very stylish... A TARDIS woolly hat. Ah. Ah. But, however, it makes you... It's one of those... Um, I don't know actually if they've actually got a proper name or anything. You know those woolly hats that have the tassels hanging down, like the, like the Laplanders or the Finnish yes. have? Yeah. yeah. It's in the style of one of those. Right. Mm, nice. So, um, yeah, so if you want to look a complete pillock and wear one of these, um, you can go to a, a place called um, Nito Shop. Which appears to be a North American site. Apparently, each hat will cost you nineteen dollars ninety-five cents. Right. I don't know what that equates to in uh, pounds sterling. Absolutely no idea. But uh, yeah, so you can look look a pillock for for twenty dollars. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, but, we but, usually manage it for. for oh, exactly. We just do this each week. <laughs> yeah. We have to wear hats to look at the same up pillocks. Um, now the other bit in the tack corner uh, this week. It's a rare. Cyberman toy. Now, I don't know if, if anyone, if their listeners are old enough to remember the old um, Dennis Fisher figures, um, which I think were about 1977 they came out. Um, I've still got my Tom Baker Dennis Fisher uh, toy from the 70s. Um, now, they did a Dalek, um, the robot from Robot, and Cyberman, and also Leela as well. well that was the, uh, was the other one. Now, on eBay, you can still bid for it, by all accounts, uh, I'm just checking this now. Uh, how long left to go? How long left to go? It's 11 hours left on it as we recalled. Okay, so, so, the, so too, the time this goes too out, late by the time too late, goes out. too late by the time it goes out. So, um, yeah, look what you could have won at the moment. As, 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 we're, as we're recalling, um, it's currently going for 195 pounds and nine pence. Who bids in pence? I mean, I know, that, I know people play the bidding game. They do like penny at a time, don't they? Just to sort of, I mean, just to nudge it up. I just got someone logged on and it was one hundred and ninety nine pounds, and I'll top that. Yeah, nine pence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, though, if on the uh, on the on the eBay listing, it's only got a picture of the box, so there's no picture of the figure itself. So unless people are actually just bidding for an empty box. <laughs> You suckers, is all I can say. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you look to see whether he's selling anything else, because the actual figure might be for sale somewhere else. Right. And you have to buy that <laughs> and the box to get the complete set. Right, okay, he says. Um, the listing actually says, 
Um, this extremely rare 1977 Dennis Fisher. Um, now, what, what were they called in America? They weren't called Dennis Fisher in the in the uh, in North America, were they? They were um, Mego Mego figures. I think they were called in the USA. On your own there. <laughs> yeah, I think they were. Yes. Here we go. He says the toy is in excellent condition, capital letters, and comes in its original box, capital letters. Um, manufactured by Dennis Fisher UK. Height of toy, 24 centimetres or 9.5 inches. Box is in very good condition. We can see that from the photograph. Uh, very minor wear and tear. Small area of price label residue in top right corner. Right. So, yeah. And he's, yeah, and he, he well, so by the time you, you, you hear this, dear listener, um, it'll all be, it'll all be over. But uh, yeah, it's, it's available for UK buyers and non-UK buyers as well. Oh, there you go. There you go. So yeah, so it hasn't changed. Well, that's, that's where the pence has come from. Someone's bidding some other currency. Maybe. Ah, oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. If it, actually, no, it might. You might just get this by the time this goes out tonight. If you listen as soon as it comes out on iTunes. <laughs> This is, this is, see, now you have to listen to our podcast as soon as we put it up yeah, I to you get could... the best deals going. <laughs> you could, oh, that's it, you see. You don't know what you're missing. Uh, yes, the actual the bidding finishes at 21.24 GMT this evening. So so if, if I get the podcast out in time, you, you may just be, able to, just be able to catch its last knockings. <laughs> and if you, have, if you don't listen to it, uh, this podcast until after half past nine tonight... Well, then you've lost out on the deal of a century, is all I can yeah. say. It's your own fault for being tardy and <laughs> Okay, then. Well, that uh, pretty much wraps up the news then. So, uh, coming up is our review of the Target novelisation of Pyramids of Mars, and my cold will miraculously disappear. So, for another week then, that was the news. Okay. Time to kick off our uh, our new occasional feature at looking at classic Doctor Who serials in print and on screen. And this week we've picked Pyramids of Mars. Yes, a story that we kicked off our podcasts with originally. So yes. Oh dear. Why we keep coming back to this one, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's, it's just... like our comfort blanket. <laughs> We're both sitting like Linus out of Charlie Brown at the moment. <laughs> And Tony's pig bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, we thought it's something a bit, a bit different because obviously what what we've used for the um, for the print side of things is the Target novelisation. Yes, um, which I think we'll well we're going to be using throughout this occasional series as well. Yeah. Um, so basically, what we what we sort of aim to sort of get at this is really which which do we prefer. And does one enhance the other? Yes, that's it. That is it. So um, let's kick off then. How do you, if you look at the the book, how do you think? Does, do you think that enhances the the TV show? Or actually, or, actually, before we go, let's say it's written by Terence Dix as well. The novel novelization, so you know it's going to be um, pretty damn good because all, all his all his novelizations are pretty damn good actually. So um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Sorry. How do you think? Do you think it enhances his his work? Enhances the original story? Um, I do actually. I I think having watched, I mean, we watched. I've watched the um, shows over a year ago, so it's reasonably still fresh in my memory, though. Yeah. And reading the book, you do tend to. It's interesting what bits of it my mind brings up the images from the program, and which bits it makes itself. Yeah. 
And having read the book, you do start to pick out lines that you didn't realise, you didn't quite take in while watching. Yeah, there was there was one in particular that stood out for me. It was when um, Scarman comes back, um, when he comes through the, the sort of like that portal gateway thing, and he kills, um, now I'll get the actor, the um, character's name, it was Ibrahim Namin, was yeah. it, or Namin, Namin. Yeah, when he kills him, there's a bit he, he says right at the beginning, It just he says, die. But in the yeah. book, it's written, it's like, die! But he says it very, very quietly. And you can, and I, I've never noticed it before. And so I sort of read the book, then I, then I re-watched the, the, uh, the DVD. And it's only there that, oh yeah, he does say it. I thought Terence Dix had actually put that into the, into the dialogue. Yeah. I mean, also, you just take in the... The things that actually stood out for me most were actually the Doctor to Lawrence talking about, you know, for don't think about him being your brother anymore. Yeah. And keep really hammering it in about being, I mean, like, the, the walking cadaver. I actually thought... And that sort of thing. Yeah, I actually thought he was written... Because in, in the TV show, the Doctor's quite cold. Yeah. Th- throughout, actually, isn't he? Because he, he knows the, you know, the, the gravity of the situation. Situation, yeah. And I felt in the book he wasn't written quite as harshly. He had sort of... He, Terence Dix brought across the moments that he was... Like when he was shouting at Scarman or, or scaring at Sarah for, for something or other. But in the TV show, he's pretty much he's, he's serious all the way through it. But I felt I found anyway in the book he was he wasn't written quite as harshly. Yeah, I mean because you also you have the you get the little side faults, don't you? Yeah. Um, when after Lawrence has stopped them using the machine or delayed them using the machine, mm. so that the mummies have got to it and smashed it before it can block signal yeah and they're going off and he basically says to him you don't trust me mm. there you get the, the fault patterns where the doctor realizes actually perhaps i have been too harsh on him yeah you get his faults there which obviously you don't get on the in the when watching it on the screen no that's it that's it I mean, he does afford you know the story to be sort of fleshed out and also you know flesh the, the character because sarah gets an awful lot of more um little asides as well doesn't she in the book yeah, especially at, um, towards the end when she's thinking about all the people that have um, that have died. Yes, you know she's sort of thinking of you know about you know, you know poor you know poor Ernie Clemens and poor Mister you know Lawrence and and all the other, yeah yeah no, yes. so yeah so it was actually sort of quite sort of hammering that bit home. <clears throat> and I must admit, having watched it, it really did start to feel for Lawrence a lot more, having read the book and then watched the episode as well. Yeah, I don't think you really sort of his character comes across as quite wishy washy on the on the screen. I think when you've actually read the book and you 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 are taking in the lines a lot more, you really realise you know just how dreadful a situation it is for him. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't quite come across like that, does it? In in the in the TV serial, if you take no. it if you take it on its on its own merits, it's there's nothing wrong with it at all. It's just that the fact that now you've read something that sort of padded his character out, or not padded it out, but give him a bit more backstory. Yeah. I think that that's the thing. You sort of come back and think, well, you know, it is actually better than, than the, the version realised on the television. Yeah. I mean, you to, get to quite a, a lot degree, of anyway. the fault back, faults back to when there was two boys and growing up. and Yeah. Which you really, the, the two instances where you sort of get that are, A, talking about the priest hole. In the, in, on the screen, mm. talking about the priest hole, and then shows him the photo. Yeah, just before he kills him. Um, they're the only two bits, but you get other sort of backstories to this about 
with Ernie Clements, you get about the fact that there's comments about he used to take the two boys poaching. So he's known them all, all his life. Although I was quite right thinking about that in, in the book, as to how old is Ernie Clements supposed to be? Well, it doesn't actually say exactly how old the, the Lawrence and Marcus Scarman are either. No. It's only till obviously, you haven't got that backstory in, in the TV show, and they're basically all the same age. Yeah. Well, apart from Michael Sheard, I mean, he wasn't as old as... Um... Actually, saying that, though, I don't actually know how old um, George Tovey was at that particular time when he played Ernie Clements in the, in the, in the TV serials. I have absolutely no idea. Maybe he yeah. was a good deal older than the other two. Because I don't think Michael Sheard was that old back in 1975. No. So maybe that Ernie Clements took him poaching as teenagers rather than as... When someone says boys, I think of like little... Yeah, I mean, you know, I little well, five-year-olds so or something. That's you know. my thoughts on that yeah. one as well. So maybe they were more like teenage or, or sort of early teens or something. God knows. I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot more on to Ernie Clements and um, the fact that basically what he's doing is seems to be accepted by everybody. Yeah. Both the Scarman brothers. Warlock is supposed to have bought rabbits off of him and well, without it, asking questions. And, yeah. Um, but it's also sort of... Um, Dr. Warlock was almost like a friend of Ernie Clements. Yeah. I mean, that, it just seems to be... I mean, effectively, rather than actually being a poacher... I mean, he's, he's called a poacher, but from the book, you actually get the feeling that he's... Basically, the unofficial game. He is the unofficial game gamekeeper. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. With neither the Scarman brothers that interested in the estate, they're quite happy to let him run it. Yeah, because the other thing as well, they're saying that his little hut—that was just his little hut for storing all these guns and traps. He lived in in a cottage in the village. Yeah. So it just sort of, as you say, it just gave him a lot more backstory. Um, yeah, I, 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 it actually makes more sense why he was so hell bent on shooting. Because at that point he hadn't actually seen it was Marcus Scarman who'd killed Doctor yeah. Warlock. Yeah, it was someone who'd killed his friend. friend. Whereas in the program, in watching it on the telly, you just sort of get the: is is this just somebody who's may have been only just arrived in the the area and was setting traps and yeah. set traps? You know, just that thing because he you he's, don't realise he, that he's he, actually been there. Yeah, because he runs his life. Yeah, he runs away saying, "Oh, murdering swine." Doesn't next thing you know, he yeah. sort of he pops up and shoots Marcus Scarman in the back, mm. and it's sort of like. When you sort of compare it to the book, the book makes more sense because he's avenging a friend. Yeah. But in um, the TV show, it's just sort of like Ernie Clements' vigilante. Isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's like the equaliser. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, so it does. It makes a whole a hell of a lot more sense. Actually, that wasn't actually on the, the subject of Dr. Warlock. Um, his description in the book is completely different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the book writes him as a big and burly man. Which makes a lot more sense if you think about it when he barges past um, to get to in the, in the opening, opening couple of chapters when he goes to he demands to speak to um, Ibrahim Namin. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would have been. He'd have fought. Um, he'd have just been chucked out as he was. Yeah, in the TV show is like a he's like a spindly old man, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know why Terence Dix thought oh, I, I need to make him big and burly. Maybe for that reason. You did wonder, actually, reading through this, was this done from the TV show or was it done from the original script and perhaps the original script changed well, I'm trying to, when the actors were cast? I seem to... I, 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 maybe I've got this wrong. Maybe you can remember. I seem to recall that the order of things in the book is slightly different. For example, when in the TV show, when Scarman comes from after he's killed Ibrahim, he orders the mummies to place those um, jars 
at the compass points to to form yeah. the barrier, and that's immediately as soon as he as soon as he steps out. Yes. In the book, that happens quite a bit afterwards, doesn't it? Oh, I'm trying I'm, to think. I'm now. seem to remember. You might be right because I think they they basically. Yeah, because they just run and they have to run and hide, don't they? Straight away. Yeah. See, I, I really th- that's that's the bit that when I was watching it last night. I think, oh, did, did that happen in a different order in the book? I can't. Some review this is, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I honestly can't can't remember. I, I see I just some something sticking in my mind that it happened in a different order. I could be completely wrong, so I could be absolutely wrong. But and yeah, of, of the characters, for, I mean, obviously, because I have I had seen this one as I say reasonably recently. Yeah. You do tend to picture the the characters, the actors that played the parts, other than Ibrahim Nimin. Nimin, it's mm. just I've got him as so much older in my head when I was reading the book again, mm. and then seeing seeing it, then watching it on the screen was oh, he was actually quite a reasonably youngish man. Well, he, I mean, he also gets a a, um, a lot more backstory as well, doesn't he? Because it. it Goes into the fact that he's he was part of, uh, um, he's basically a, a priest of an order that worships Sutek. Yeah, and they were charged with basically keeping his, or basically stopping his tomb being desecrated. Yeah. Um, now what it fl- fleshes out, it's after Scarman has broken into the pyramid, word gets back to this cult and they go rushing off to the pyramid and basically kill all the guides. That were that were um, that helped Scarman find out where it was, and all, yeah. all and all the digging crew and everything. So they they were basically is so it, the the murder quote uh, quotient goes straight up immediately, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, because actually in, in the TV series, he's just basically ter- he's just there, isn't he? Yeah, and he's got this letter, and that's yeah. all you know about him, and that he knows of Sutek. That's really that's all you know. You don't really know why he's been chosen. Yeah, to go there. Um, but this just makes it, you know, it just sort of makes it a bit more, you know, a bit more sense, really. Yes. You know, it sort of it gives him a reason for being there rather than just being there. Um, as rather than just being a random person that's turned up. Yeah. Because um, actually, it. you don't know whether he's someone that Scarman has sent. Well, that was the thing in the book because he kept talking about this letter of authority, didn't he? Yeah. By by Scarman, and I don't think that was mentioned in the in the TV serial. Uh, he does. He does show. I think he does, does show, he show something. Doctor Warlock it because it comes up it a, a number of times though, doesn't it? Yeah, in the book. Um, which yeah, because you've you got know. the because um, you've actually got a sort of description of when he arrives of um, Collins talking about him arriving. Yeah, and having the letter, don't you? Yeah, that's it. Because there was more. Wasn't the Collins? Um, those you can't remember, Collins was the uh, the, the, uh, the butler at the uh, the, the Scarman house. Now in the TV show, he's, he, he's very wary of sort of he doesn't let anything or he doesn't want to be found out because at his time of life, it's difficult to find another position. I don't was that mentioned in the book as well, or was it more to the fact he was just more loyal to the Scarmans? I think yeah, I think in the book, I think you get the feeling that he's been their man and boy. Yeah. Well, Rather years, than man and particularly boy. <laughs> not wanting to, yeah, not wanting to find another, being worried about losing his job. Mm. I think it's more that he's actually he's he's staying there because he's worried he wants uh, Marcus Scarman to come back. Yeah. Now there's another another talking about because he finds him in that in that Egyptian relic room. Um, there's another good bit of, um, about 
why does nobody take notice of the TARDIS? Because it, yeah. it's completely out of out of sorts with the what's what's the you know in the room, isn't it? Um, yeah. But in the book, it just says, well, they take no notice of it because it wasn't there in the first place. Yeah, and well, basically, yeah. Sutek doesn't know that it it wasn't that it shouldn't in. be there. Yeah, so, exactly. So and Sutek's controlling Scarman. So yeah, that's it. That's that. That's it. And it it just it's just a very neat little way of just clearing that little loose end up. Yeah. Really, I, th- I thought it was, that was as, as, to, as to why, yeah, a big blue police box is sitting in the middle of a room. Yeah, or sitting on the back of a room. The back of a room. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I thought there was, um, but also beginning. Um, we were talking about Sutek. He gets like a, a, a prologue as well, doesn't he? Yeah, as, of, of such, which goes into the whole history of the um, of the Assyrian gods and and why they sort of um, it, was it. It took seven hundred. Gods to defeat Sutek or imprison him. Yeah, although they do slip that into the series because um, Sarah Jane says it when they go into the hut. Yeah, I mean they actually was quite clever on the TV series about actually just drip feeding in the the it, back trying to drip feed in the backstory of Sutek without having to stop and have this big lot of exposition um, explanation about him. Yeah, I mean to be quite honest, it doesn't the the novelisation doesn't deviate a lot from the book, does it? There's no um, there's no character names changed or anything, which I've noticed in other, in other novelisations. Yeah, I mean this one. I mean I think probably actually because that the, the TV the actual series itself was actually so good, well, it the, may just be a case that it, yeah, well, why why would you want to? Why would you want change, to change it? it? Some of the weaker ones they might have felt. Actually, we've got to we've got to put extra we've got extra to do stuff, stuff into this. this just to yeah. make it a readable story because um, it makes no sense. <laughs> no, exactly. Pictures, well, TV I've, I've... pictures to get to get away with the lack of story. <laughs> well, the thing is, all I mean, all, even when when Sutek finally sort of arrived, I could still hear Gabriel Wolf's voice when I yeah. when I was reading it. Yeah, I could still hear because it, it, it it was you just cannot beat that. That characterisation, sorry, um, in in the TV serial. No, his voice was absolutely fantastic in that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I mean, and the, the the lines are actually good, and his delivery is very good on that. Especially, yeah. you know, when he's saying about you are just an ant and whatever. Yeah, or was it abase yourself before me, you grovelling insect? Yeah, yeah. What a fantastic line. <laughs> But I said, I mean, that's all there in the book as well. I mean, not yeah. one line of dialogue has been has been changed. Um, no, but I mean, yeah, and, and and actually, you read it, and when you actually are reading, it, you just realise actually how good some of the the dialogue is. Well, it was written by the TV series was written by Stephen Harris, but that was actually Robert Holmes, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, now him and Terence Dix famously got on. And I don't think I think you could probably say it's like the um the Russell T. Davis Stephen Moffat um dynamic. Yeah. Well RTD wouldn't really touch too much of Moffat's script. And I think you've got the same thing here as well. Because I think I mean well we know Terence Dix admired Robert Holmes' um talents as a scriptwriter so much. He 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 was he he didn't feel it was necessary to change anything, and you, yeah, and you get that in in the book. I mean, one, I mean, something that does strike me on this is the actual watching the show. Um, this is the book's actually quite dry and dark, isn't it? Mm. And 
when you actually watch the TV series, you realise actually the, any humour that's in in this is actually just Elizabeth Sladen and Tom Baker and their performance rather than anything they actually say as such. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about the opening scenes where she's in the TARDIS where he's saying about being 750 and her, him, her saying, oh, just middle-aged. Yeah. And it's the fact that she puts the bit of the dress across her head while she's doing it. Yeah. In the background. So that makes me laugh on that. Yeah, it does. And then when, they're, when they climb out the window and they're walking round to hear the argument between with uh, Dr. Warlock when he's burst in. Yeah. And you see them crouching down, walking round. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that little sort of, almost like a Max Wall sort of walk, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. If you don't know who Max Wall is, people, you have to, you have to look that I'm one up. up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just that, and you sort of think to yourself, actually, yeah, the, the actual highlights of this are actually just on physical performance of them, the, the comedy. Yeah. Any, any lighter moments in it, that because it is just actually a, it's a very, very strong, it's dark a, it's a, story. It is very dour, isn't it, this story? Yeah. There's, there's no light relief as such. No. At any point in this one. There's a yeah, a couple of things that did stand out as different in the book to me was in the book it talks about um when they're carrying Dr. Warlock away to try and get him to to the um Lawrence Scarman's lodge. Yeah. Um on in the TV show he loses his hat. In the book, the doctor loses his. And he goes and back actually to goes get back it. for it. Yeah. And so- later on, Sarah Jane talks about thinks of thinking about the doctor, thinks about him going back for his hat. Yeah, she's sort of like she says about oh, something about that hat's going to get him killed. But it's something on those lines, wasn't it? Yeah, and you yeah. think what's that? Why why change that? It had absolutely no. It ne- never led anywhere. No, no, you're right. <laughs> it there, just seemed to be an odd thing to change. There was another odd little thing as well, um, especially when you you. When you think about the scene in the TARDIS when Sarah Jane has Victoria's dress on, yeah, the bit at the end when they're try- when they're in the on on Mars and they're trying to figure out the puzzles, and you've got the thing where the floor is basically electrically charged and they have to figure out the right combination to make sure they don't get blown up or whatever. Um, there's that line that Sarah says about oh, just like the city of the Exelons, yeah, and in the TV version is just sort of dismissed, isn't it, really? But in the book, you get this thought of the Doctor saying he doesn't like to think about things that have happened in the part, especially when it was another regeneration. Yeah. And I thought that was a bit of a weird... Because he's, he's, he's quite happy to talk about Vicky earlier, but then he didn't want to talk about something that happened to him in the past that was, that was under a different regeneration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause you, yeah, you do get that, don't you? Yeah. He's just quite happy that he's... He knows Vicky. Yeah, under another gen- regeneration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was just a, a bit of a weird. But then again, the, I mean, the Doctor was in a, a, a weird. Um, I mean, it's, it works in the TV show, but it, it's and it works in the book. But it's it's a very very serious Doctor. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if you would get Tom Baker's Doctor thinking things like that or not. I don't know. Um, I suppose whether it just goes to how worried he is, I don't know. It could be. Because the other thing as well is the, um, as I was talking about the bit where they're on Mars, when Sarah gets trapped in the, and again, even in the book, it's not even really that great. She gets trapped in a gigantic bell jar, doesn't she? Yeah. Which again, when you're writing a book, I mean, you surely could come up with something a bit more imaginative than that. (laughs) 
I don't know, oh, the, the other thing about that, also to getting back to obviously the comedy, any any light relief on this, is when you're actually going through that that working out that puzzle. Mm. He's obviously whether that is just Tom Baker saying about the scarf and inches on one side, centimeters the other. Oh yeah, yeah. That actually, Which I obviously I doesn't turn up in the book. No. But you just wonder whether that was just actually just Tom Baker just said that on or set. Did, or, did they, that, or did that turn up in yeah, the book? Fine. I don't know if that turned up in the book or not. I don't think it did. I can't remember it in the book. No, no, here we go. Both going to find out it was in the book. And yeah, I don't think it was because I didn't. I didn't remember it. It was actually then when I watched it again. Um, I suddenly thought, oh yeah, that's that that line. I didn't. Yeah, it didn't ring a bell with me. Mm. Having read it at all, so I do think that was just probably. Something, Tom Baker, just giving himself a bit of a part there. Yeah, probably. Rather than it just being a series of running through corridors. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I mean, it's a great story anyway, and as I said, it's not hard, It's hardly been changed at all. Well, you just didn't need to be, you did You didn't it? need to be, no. It's such a classic story. Um, I think Terence Dix knew that when he was tasked with the job of, uh, of doing the novelisation for it. So, yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's one other thing that does get a, a, a mention um, is the Zygons in the book as well. Because when the Doctor's saying he's fed up being sort of like pulled back and forth by the Brigadier. Yeah. And it, do, it does mention the Zygons in the way. Yeah. It doesn't get a mention. He just, yeah, he just says about not being the on-call to the, yeah. the Brigadier, doesn't he, in the show? Yeah, and that's when Sarah says about, oh, do you mean being called back for, yeah. for that? So, yeah, um... Again, it's probably just to establish its continuity for book-wise, really, wasn't it? Yeah. The TV show didn't really need it because you probably would have watched the Zygons the week before. I can't remember his transmission order now, but it was the story before. But um, I don't know if it was a end of series or mid series. I can't remember. Yeah, as you say, yeah, you just didn't need it. I mean, no. and you also, I mean, there's, there's a question of how much do you need to put into a, a TV show? Mm. Well, the other thing as well is Sarah Jane gets um, an epilogue as well, doesn't she? Yeah. Where she goes back to unit headquarters, uh, which they, as you know from the story, they they burn down the original building because they don't rec- obviously they they don't recognise or Sarah doesn't recognise the uh, the building when they first get there. Yeah, because the the version therein have been burnt down, which they which they cause. Um, and she goes back and and reads about well, how did they explain away the people that had died? Mm. Yeah, because there was a thing, wasn't there, about the doctor. Says to her something about, oh well, you know, you'll you'll find people will will find the reasons for will make reasons for this, yeah, and whatever. And then obviously, then you get the epilogue later that so says they all died in the fire. Yeah, yeah, which was um, yeah. Apart from Mar- Marcus Scarman, whose body was never found. Found, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, yeah. Again, that was a nice little. Again, it's sort of that thing about Doctor Who. You leave a trail of dead bodies behind you. How do you explain it? Yeah, and this just did in a nice little little epilogue with Sarah Jane going back to read some old newspaper cuttings in the unit archives or something, wasn't it? So yeah, I thought it was just a nice little way to wrap it up. Yeah, really was it good. Was. Yeah. So on the whole, how how would you how would you, how would you say what what rates best in your mind? Um, it is difficult because you can't read the book without thinking of. It'd be interesting if I actually pick do we do a book where i haven't actually seen the the tv 
episodes for a while mm. and whether that really draws me in a lot more than this because I did actually, you know, sort of reference your references all were to the TV That's show right. when you're thinking yeah. about it. I think it actually now when I watched the TV show again, it enhanced that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, no, so it's quite good. I think it's something that I might have to now go and continue reading the the books. To... Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to come back to a few more of these anyway. Um, yeah. Over the, the coming months, I say it is an, a, an occasional an occasional series, pretty much like our uh, our big finish one as well. So, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll be coming back tomorrow. I do actually prefer the book. Yeah. In this case. No, there's nothing wrong with the TV show at all. It's a classic. It's one of my favourites. Uh, I just like the the little the way the story's topped and tailed, and how the the, the characters just more a bit more fleshed out. Yeah, like I say, the one thing you do lose is actually probably more than anything Elizabeth Sladen's performance. Mm. I think probably might just swing it for the TV for me. Yeah, ah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So. Uh... That that was the whole point of the comparison, really, wasn't it? See which 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 fares better. So yeah, um, I, I think in this case, probably not not which which fares which fares better. We know which one's worse, if you know what I mean, because that's not the that's not the the summing up really. It's just the fact they're no. both they're both good, you know, they're both fantastically done. Um, I just like the the book version for for the reasons I previously stated. Mm. So yeah, mm. okay. I think that's probably a good time to, to stop, to isn't it? Up. Wrap yeah. up, I think. Yes, that is a good place to wrap up because my cold has come back again. Those tablets don't last long. No, they don't, do they? They don't. So, yes, that, that was the uh, Who's podcast back in August to 2012. So, um, next week then, we'll be back with something. We, we, we've yet to record it. <laughs> yes. Because we're not doing it today. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be doing that during the week sometime. Yes. Um, it's, that's the uh, plan. That is the plan. That is the plan. Um, Otherwise, we won't be back next week. No, <laughs> now we're planning on doing another um, audio review, so you'll find out what it is next week. Yes, yes, not nice to keep some sort of surprises going. Uh, bit of element of tension at this podcast, which is severely lacking. Yes, <laughs> right, okay, then, folks. So for another week, that is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. the Who's He podcast. Please get in touch with us by emailing feedback at whos-he.co.uk, visit our website at whos-he.co.uk and also follow us on Twitter at whos underscore he underscore podcast. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.